0: Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts Podcast, brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In this episode, we discuss misconceptions about structured content with special guest Joe Lamb of Poligo. Hi, everyone. I'm Alan Pringle, and we have a guest for this episode. It's Joe Lamb of Poligo. So Joe, introduce yourself.
1: Hello, my name is Joe. I work at Poligo. That's intentional for all of the right. I'm a solutions (laughs) engineer. And uh, I generally work as uh, someone who helps figure out the best approach and uh, the solutions, if you will, for people moving into a structured authoring environment. Um, And I suppose I should tell you what Poligo is, since I just mentioned that's where I work. (laughs) So we at Poligo, we are a CCMS, and a content, sorry, whoops, component content, Um, management system where we uh, use the dot book standards as our base. And really what we strive to do is provide the perfect entry point for people moving from unstructured to structured content by being as user-friendly as possible and making the entire process very intuitive for them.
0: Well, that is actually perfect for what you and I are about to talk about because we're going to talk about the misconceptions people have about structured content And having worked with structured content decades myself, I can guarantee you there's lots of apprehension and misconceptions about it. And I am sure you've run up against them as well. So I'm going to throw the first misconception out there about structured content. And by the way, I will post in the show notes a link to a white paper about structured content and structured authoring for those who want a little more background about structured content so let's go and talk about the first misconception that structure is hard what do you have to say about that Joe?
1: well uh science and history shows us that structured content structured authoring is actually very intuitive and if i may rewind back to say the paleolithic era (laughs) (laughs) Where we first started using a lot of symbols and then uh, eventually converting them into what we now know as letters. What this is, is actually just uh, understanding patterns on an extremely micro level. And that's how we actually learn to read and write is through systematic training of our brains, because our brains weren't actually evolved to read and write naturally. Language and speaking it, yes, but reading and writing is not natural for our brains. So Through this whole process of learning how to read and write, we actually have employed um, the basics of structured authoring. So to give you an example, um, if I have on my desk, maybe a very far distance from you, on the other side of the room, two sheets of paper. One is a resume and one's a cover letter. And all you can see from a very far distance is um, the blocks of the ink, but you don't know what letters they are. But you can already tell which one is the cover letter and which one's the resume. And that's because there's structure author employed in there, and you naturally know those structures are associated with those particular types of documents.
0: Yeah, that makes a great deal of sense. It's like intuitive, almost built in for us. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I'll say too, beyond the intuitive nature, anytime someone is doing any kind of process change, and that includes moving from unstructured content to structured content. If you do not put in basic change management practices, of course, it's going to be hard. You can't just say, I'm going to do structured authoring or this company, this department is going to do structured authoring and then not consider all of the business requirements that drive that decision And then buying the tools such as Poligo for that, training people on how to use them and keeping those lines of communication open. So merely just saying, I'm going to do structure and not thinking about what that entails. Yeah, structure will be hard as any process change would be. So yeah, I'm trumpeting the change management mantra again, and I'm sure people listening are tired of hearing about it if they've listened to any other episodes, but it's a huge component here. It's not just, yeah, it is not just about structured content. It is not just about the tools. It is about change management and people as much as all those things. 100%. So here, here's another misconception. I'm going to have to write code. I'm going to have to type pointy brackets and slashes. Don't make me do this.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of fear behind that there.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, nowadays, there's a lot of different interfaces that hide all that. But let's say you do have to write with the pointy brackets. I really like that. The pointy brackets. <laughs> um, let's say you do have to use the uh, XML tags. Well, I would like to think of it as using identification labels for what we are writing. I mean, we tag everything as is, we all use social media. We tag exactly what that thing is about. And in a lot of senses, uh, it's kind of the same thing. If I have a list and I tag it, hey, this is a list, I'll tag it within those brackets. Now, we don't have to think about how that looks like. So you're not thinking about, oh, well, it is indented, plus a dot in the front of it. And you don't have to think about all of those formatting things. You know immediately it's a list. And uh, typically in structured authoring, you have all the look and feel uh, feel of the document handled somewhere else. So you exactly. really don't have to do anything beyond say, it is identified as a list or identified as a table. And I know exactly what that's going to be when it gets pushed out the other end.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important distinction to make. When you're talking about structured content, structured authoring, you basically have a predefined organization hierarchy for your content, and then you tag things to follow that hierarchy, that organization. And what you're talking about is right, there is no thought about formatting the structure content itself is shall we say formatting agnostic what it cares more about like you said is this is a list item in an unordered list or this is a paragraph in a note when you build in that kind of intelligence with the tagging then wherever you publish to in these days we all know print pdf Everything. ebooks, e-learning, websites. I mean, you name it. It is anything. And things can look slightly different. Even though you've got an, you know, an unordered an list and all of these things, they may not be formatted exactly the same. That is not the concern of the author. All that author needs to do is just be sure and say, this is an ordered list. This is an unordered list. And then the processes later take on all that formatting that you're talking about. So let's go to the next misconception. There's a lot of content here, and we're going to have to convert it to structure. I don't have time to do this.
1: Yeah, so the time thing is a, a huge concern for large organizations, especially if you have a massive amount of documentation, maybe spanning back the last 50 or so years. That's actually a nightmare for any technical writer. <laughs> That's horrifying. I don't want to dream about that. Uh, So what most of the tools now have, just the good news here is, well, there's a lot of import tools already built in. And if not, there's a lot of import tools outside of CCMSs that can help you with that, that integrate with a CCMS. But generally, you're going to be hard-pressed to find one without one built in already. And the great thing is uh, generally whatever you're working in is likely something that spawned out of the original SGML. So, SGML went to uh, evolved into XML. Well, not evolved, but we derived it from SGML. Yes. And then from that, we derived a lot of other things, such as, well, everybody knows HTML uh, and a lot of other proprietary formats are derived from that. So, meaning the conversion is actually relatively simple and you don't have to do it yourself because so many tools out there already know
0: that and will bring it in for you. Exactly. And your tool is one of them. Um, that will do that. And even if the tool doesn't, there are third-party vendors. That is all they do. They write scripts and automate that stuff. And it means less dirty work really for the authors. And one thing that we have learned at Scriptorium, and we really advise people not to do this, don't let conversion be your content creator's first exposure to XML and, or structure or whatever because they may end up resenting it because of the amount of work that they have to do just up front converting. They should be putting their focus on creating content as efficiently as possible. So anything you can do with an import tool like you mentioned or with a third party vendor who can automate that for you, I highly recommend it. It is money well spent and it will keep your content creators far happier than they would be otherwise.
1: You know what? That exposure um, to conversion there. I thought my example was a nightmare. That that is a true nightmare right there.
0: <laughs> it is. I would
1: not wish that upon anybody.
0: No, you're you're <laughs> I, we're we're on the same wavelength there. It is not a good thing to do, and it is something if you're going to move to structure. Be sure to budget time, money to do this, but use tech to do it. Don't make people manually do it if you can avoid it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to number four of our misconceptions, and that is structure is just for technical communication and other technical content.
1: Ooh, that it is very much not. I mean, uh, earlier I talked about the resume versus a cover cover letter. Um, How about we think about what we usually use on a regular basis? And I love food. I am actually very hungry right now <laughs> uh, and so I will think about recipes and sure. we all know what recipes look like. Yeah. There's always going to be uh, near the top of that recipe, an ingredients list followed by procedures. Nowadays, we'll also usually see yield times or how many servings and then you can toggle that back and forth. Now, every single part of that is identified. So the procedure, well, that's a procedural element and the ingredients list, well, that's a list element. And that's all actually structured authoring right there. And that tells us the difference between, well, this will tell me how to make a dish versus, oh, that page with the five paragraphs, that's telling me concepts I should understand about the culinary world or something like that. So those distinctions between that structure is in our everyday stuff, even your social media posts we know it's a social media post it's only two lines long we know that's an update so that's like a reference topic per se Uh, and we know what we get from that is just a oh you should know this not oh i have to do something about that right so very different kinds of information in very different structures every single day in every aspect of our lives sure
0: and i know from working with many clients that people are now applying structure to marketing content. They are applying it to learning and training content. It is not just about technical information anymore, especially considering we're seeing these trends where these lines between different kinds of content are blurring. So it would make sense that structure would start to kind of seep out and work for all different kinds of content. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about our last misconception. Readers don't care how we author this content.
1: I think all the people working in tech support when customers coming to them after not understanding the documentation, (laughs) would disagree.
0: (laughs) Yes, they do. And often.
1: (laughs) Very often, yeah. Um, Readers do care, even if they don't know it. They don't know what structured authoring. But again, it's all about intuition if someone wants to know, um, how do I do something, they're going to look automatically for numbered steps, procedures. And if you give them a paragraph, yeah, they're going to be pretty angry. Uh, Or even just on a more casual level, let's go back to my resume versus cover letter. Let's say in the resume, um, you can derive from that, what are the skills and you can look exactly for that because we have these filters in our brains. These, um, the pattern thinking actually helps us with Applying these filters, so you're using contrast, repetition, alignment, and proximity, these principles to really figure out what's what on a page before even seeing the very first letter, and that's going to tell you, oh, I want skills. I'm going to look on the resume for a list, and you're going to ingest that differently than say, I want to learn more about this person's personality, and therefore I'm looking at the cover letter for the biggest paragraph, and you switch gears in your brain to absorb it very differently, so. If you imagine writing that paragraph in point forms, how would you process that? How would you prepare your brain to actually start reading that? And then you're going to just be very confused and get frustrated and start all over again.
0: Yep, yep, exactly. I think this is a great place to end this conversation. I think you've given some really good examples and kind of dispelled these myths about structured content. So I want to thank you for this. This has been a great conversation.
1: It's been fantastic and a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Alan.
0: Absolutely. And we'll include a link to Poligo in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links.